the optimization goal is not to have just have the large scale team or like adding more members into the team. It is about setting up everybody in the team for success, right? For me, I think uh, there are two things that managers uh, in particular have to be comfortable with. One is uh, be really good at pivoting. It is good to assess where the organization, the, the team is in and what responsibility you are actually signing up for. So your executions can be thought of running two races. One is you're running a sprint and the other is you're running a marathon. Welcome to the new Tech Lead Podcast. We help you to be more confident leaders by avoiding the traps of inexperience and gain perspectives from leaders in tech, unlike theoretical videos. I appreciate you are here today. Let us bring more leadership skills to the business. Let's roll the interview. Hello, everyone. Today, my guest is Sriram Natarajan, engineering lead at Google. Besides his role, he's a passionate coach and mentor and scaled his team, starting with a few directs to a much larger team with individuals and people managers in his reporting line. Hi, Marvin. Thank you so much for having me here. Great to be here. For those who don't know who you are, can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. So I started my career at a couple of telecom research labs in the Bay Area, where I was leading research work and building uh, innovative solutions for the networking business units. And in 2016, I joined Google, and I've had the privilege of working on a variety of roles across uh, Google Assistant and Google Cloud. I started my journey as an individual contributor in the cloud networking team, where I built network management software that automated operations of uh, Google's PlanetScale network. And uh, within two years, I transitioned to a tech lead role and mentored a team of engineers in the design and deployment of uh, production networks. In 2019, I uh, decided to pivot toward a a consumer-based team. I was looking for something where I can work on where users use the product on a day-to-day basis, and I joined the Google Assistant uh, for cars. My role was to build uh, the features for, say, voice-forward experiences while driving. And this was the first time I took uh, the management role. So, and as a tech lead manager, I was tasked with building a team from scratch and was responsible for driving innovation and developing ML-based features for the driving experience. In the last four years, I've uh, successfully scaled the team, growing it from just uh, myself to multiple engineering teams who are passionate about like building user-centric solutions and developing engagement strategies. Wow, what a journey. So our today's topic is perfect for your profile. Our today's topic is scaling, or in other words, scaling your team. And before we dive into your experience at what you define by it, I want to have for everyone defined what scaling a team means for you. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say to me, scaling is, a, is, is all about setting up an organization with the right team size with the right expertise and capabilities to meet the needs for your organization or like what your product outcomes are, right? And it's not about just about like linearly scaling or adding more people into the team, right? And the path to scaling can be looked at in two different uh, dimensions. One is if you're starting in a new team, you're you're building a new team from scratch, you can directly relate that to the product lifecycle where the product goes through, say, the four stages of ideation, experimentation, development, and scale, right? Like where you grow the product and stuff. So if you're starting from scratch, your team will grow uh, in, in that product lifecycle as well, right? 
at each phase, you will have a point where your team expands in its roles and responsibilities. At each stage, you need different type of expertise to grow the team as well, right? And if, on the other hand, if the second dimension is that if you, there is an existing team where you are joining and you're going to lead a particular sub-team, you have to take a different role in that. Like you're going in with a specific requirements. Say, for example, that in the scaling phase, there will be a number of challenges that the team goes through. One could be that like you want to build a new expertise. There is a new technology that has come up with and the team has to come up, uh, kind of like adopt that in their day-to-day businesses. So you're looking for uh, an expertise and you're looking for a sub-team that is formed to focus on that particular development. So it, it depends on like for you at that point, the scaling is the development of new expertise or like, like restructuring the team to increase your efficiency and productivity and, and so on, right? So to me, scaling falls in these two dimensions. And as a manager, if you are uh, taking a responsibility, it is good to assess where the organization, the, the team is in and what responsibility you are actually signing up for. And depending on the face of the organization, the, the team's expertise, the growth potential will vary as well. In my example, um, when I started with Google Assistant, um, uh, that was the first time the a growth team was getting formed. And I was the first member of that sub team. So as a result, I was able to go through these four stages that I talked about, where I de- developed the vision for it and then like um, set up what the roadmap should be. And I worked with the senior leadership to define uh, how the team structure should be and like uh, start invested a lot in hiring and getting the right team to execute on it. That's amazing. There's so much information and there are so, much, so many golden nuggets in it. Getting back to the roots of scaling, I'm now seven years in this tech industry and very sales driven profiles or experience I earned. And most of the time scaling was derived from a bigger demand in sales, more customers Mm -hmm. to grasp more interested customers. So, so we needed more sales individuals. When I look at products and the four stages, it's much more granular and much more difficult to say, do we take the decision to scale or not? In sales, mm-hmm. you see there, yeah, there's a higher demand. So we need more supply of sellers. How mm-hmm. do you define in the tech industry and in the production stages that you scale the team? Where do you see the demand? And at which right. stages does the leadership decide to move forward with these strategies? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, I, I would say if we look at these four stages, each stage will have an inflection point. Let, let's take uh, the example of um, the first, say if you're bootstrapping a team, you're at a phase of ideating and figuring out what the vision should be. And you're also looking at um, what kind of expertise is required in order to bootstrap that, right? And as you bring in the right expertise, you, you're charted to define what your initial scope is, what would be the MVP outcome is, right? So when you are having such a goal, it is important to be lean. It is important to have faster execution, to test your ideas, to experiment with it, and uh, kind of build something that you have the confidence to move move ahead into the next phase. So when a team is actually formed in, in this phase, you need expertise where people are agile. You need the expertise where people uh, have subject matter understanding of what needs to be done. And someone with the passion for like looking at the longer term uh, strategy as well. The there will be an inflection point where the team has to pivot from running multiple testing multiple ideas, evaluating different uh, solutions to 
picking something that uh, they want to kind of scale further, right? So in in the second phase where say you are getting into experimentation, you need people with say user research background, right? And then you're kind of like you need decision making where you have to pick ideas. And this is where strategies get formed and kind of like thinking about how the team should be expanded. Do you need additional subject matter experts or do you need generalists to come and execute on those ideas and stuff, right? So that inflection point is what defines where exactly uh, the team should go and how much of resources that would be required, what kind of processes that have to be set up, as well as like what kind of technology investments that we have to make in order to scale further. A lot of topics to consider. Now I'm looking at, at the angle of a, of a CFO or a controller and a leadership team decides or you pitch for scaling your team because you need necessary resources, necessary know-how in your team. What kind of arguments do you move forward with why scaling is such an important topic to you, your topic or your specific team? Absolutely. So I, I would say the... The, the best uh, option is to look for data, right? And uh, finding what data to, to back your hypotheses. Now, it could be that you, you run research uh, analysis, you actually run experiments, real experiments uh, that you've tested with, say, potential users, and you formulate your hypothesis with that data. And once you do that, as managers and leaders, it is super important for you to have a path that, that shows a vision for the next few years, how this particular idea could evolve and what would be the path towards that uh, vision, right? It's not just about defining the end goal, it's about defining the intermediate pit stops that you reach uh, in order to show outcomes, right? And for you to develop that, I think you, you want to run lot, lots of experiments, you want to gather lots of data and have the analysis to formulate your hypothesis in a much stronger way compared to just going with some ideation outcomes that uh, you might uh, you might get it wrong, right? And when you talk about resourcing, I think this is where managers should spend a lot of time, not just about thinking the solution, but to how to execute uh, with this as well, right? And it, it, it which is which translates to uh, getting the right team, but also looking at what processes do we need and uh, what are the solutions that you are uh, going to bring in, right? When I talk about solutions, it's uh, are you say in the world of AI are you going to take an open source model and adopt that into your solution or are you going to build something from scratch? Now, those two are different decision points. If you're going to take something from that exists, uh, you are incurring a dependency cost, right? And while it might speed up your execution, your ex extensibility would be challenging, right? And then you need different expertise for you to evolve it. On the other hand, if you're building from scratch, you need more resources. And this is where manager's role is super important to go to the CFOs and go to the financial teams to convince how much of resources they need and stuff. Super interesting. So you have, what, what I'm hearing is main stakeholders is your leadership team, but also the financial instances which are in place, whether it's CFO, controlling, finance, or so ever. And then you start with the ideation phases, then the observations in kind of a research phase where you gather the data to actually back up your hypothesis and then thinking about the bigger vision and then how and what your milestones and what your execution packages, so to speak, so to speak, are. So when we think of the scaling, I'm first thinking of your team and becoming a bigger team and be more noticeable in the organization. 
but then at some point there's a span out of control. Mm -hmm. You for one have to scale your team on an IC level and then you even have to manage and scale that into developing managers under you. Please walk me through your process and your experience, how you handled the scaling from an IC manager to a, to a much larger organization. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that it, it is about, as a manager or as a leader, it is um, having this two-race uh, two concept, right? So your executions can be part of running two races. One is you're running a sprint and the other is you're running a marathon. Right. When you look at how teams get executed, like a lot of folks focus on the sprint. What you want to get as an outcome in the next few quarters and the next year, have annual strategies and like executing around that and stuff, right? But there is this marathon that you have to pay attention to, right? Like you run the slow race, meaning that you're looking at the long term. Where is this team going to go? And like, how are you going to take this team further and stuff, right? And so the expansion of the team should be based on these two, uh, like having a view of both these two races in my mind, right? One is that you, you, you bring in the team members who can execute on your first race where you're executing on the outcomes that you're planned for. But you also start building the expertise who are people who can set the roadmap, set the next phase of your, your own team. Or, or even like expand your scope of your team to newer areas and territories that you have not uh, explored now, right? When I started, I, as I mentioned, I was the first engineer and uh, I spent a lot of time on hiring the right people. I looked into uh, profiles that um, not just uh, matches the, the requirements, but also people who can think beyond what is needed for the next few quarters, right? And so it is also part of their own growth potential, right? Like if they are set up to just execute on what is expected out of them. They are not set up for success. It is important for them to have growth opportunities to grow in new areas, right? So when the initial team or a core team is formed, you are executing your showing outcomes. And once you achieve the desired results, you have to look at how the team structure can be expanded to take on these newer areas. And when you take on these newer areas, chances are you're not going to get uh, a new management team under you to kind of like scale right away. You have to kind of build it from ground up and you might just start having a flat structure where you're hiring more people to execute on this these multiple areas. Now, there will be again an inflection point where you as a manager will, will be the, the single point of uh, challenge to scale the team better, right? Where you have to set your team up, uh, uh, set yourself up for success and which is the 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 point at which you bring in an additional managers into your team to run these areas, right? So the team will evolve from focusing on a single area where you could have a flat structure, one manager managing an entire team, to once the vision and the, the, the outcomes are going to be focused on multiple areas, that's when you bring in additional folks and then have additional managers to run those areas and eventually scale that particular or realize that vision. That's a lot. I first thought, okay, there's a sense of control you are having when you are hiring individuals for your team. But now looking at the bigger picture, and I love the idea of the long run and the short run and the marathon. Now with such a bigger team winding forward, how do you secure that the topic of expertise stays within your area of control? Because with more people, more managers, mm -hmm. more leadership teams are aware of what you're doing. 
and might consider, hey, <laughs> some individual or some, what you are doing with your team or with one of your team, uh, Sri Ram, we -hmm. could actually dissect that in and inject that team in another team. So how do you protect your scaling team for making sure that it stays in the environment you desire within your vision? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, so I would, I would say that it is good to assess on what you're optimizing for. The Mm -hmm. optimization goal is not to have just have the large scale team or like adding more members into the team. It is about setting up everybody in the team for success, right? Now, as part of that goal, it could mean that um, a certain structure is good for the organization and you need to uh, kind of like evolve your team into that structure in order to achieve the, uh, the outcome, right? For me, I think uh, there are two things that managers uh, in particular have to be comfortable with. One is uh, be really good at pivoting. Uh, whenever, like, you expect that things will evolve, expect that things won't go the way that you expect, and and like you, you should be ready to rea- react to it and and uh, and kind of evolve your team to that phase, uh, right? And and the other is that um, you need to constantly assess the um, the motivation levels for the team and like how uh, uh, engaged the team is in order to execute, right? There will be uh, cases where uh, certain sub-teams would be functioning really well. There would be uh, scenarios where uh, some teams are not functioning well and stuff, right? Um, and it is important for a manager to uh, stay um, closer to the details. What happens is as you start managing larger teams, you, you, sometimes you get abstracted with the details and uh, you miss out on things about... Uh, say, um, what exactly is happening, what are the challenges that the engineers are facing and stuff. Here, it is super important for um, a manager and a leader to spend time with the team, right? And actually get uh, an understanding of what is going right and what is going wrong, right? And it's more like a Mm -hmm. feedback loop in a product outcome where you keep assessing how the team is functioning, what is broken, and kind of like uh, pivot uh, around it as well, right? Um, and now, as part of this process, if there is a larger goal that the organization is coming up with, and if we believe that a certain members would uh, function better in a different structure, I think we should be uh, ready for it. We should be an enabler for that goal and uh, and be open to kind of uh, uh, realize that particular outcome. Now, with everything you've said, I would like to you to rephrase what we've said why is scaling your team and how to deal with changes so important for leaders? Because if in a scenario I would become manager right now, scaling my team wouldn't be my number one priority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, we, we do uh, talk about that scaling our team are, is not just about the number of people. It's about having the right uh, experience and expertise to achieve the organization outcomes, right? I think looking at uh, from that perspective, the, the number one thing I would look for is the the expertise that you have in the team. You need people who are passionate about the problems that they are solving, and who are who are kind of like uh, can define the the goal or can define the outcomes uh, or even the roadmap for that particular team to execute on. Right. When you as a manager or as a senior leader uh, looking at how to scale the team or what are the challenges that you want to face is 
there will be different layers of goals that each leaders will have, right? Like, say, a larger CEO would have would be operating uh, um, at a mission that gets translated into certain product areas, achieving the desired business outcomes, and that this individual product areas will have certain bets that they are taking on that will will translate to say the uh, outcomes or the, your particular team working on certain features and whatnot, right? Now, when they are operating in that goal, the important point for managers is to translate that vision into what it means for the team, right? So the number uh, the number one goal there is like, do we have the right team to kind of like execute on the vision, which uh, we talked about, right? The second is that I, I go back to pivoting here. Um, I think pivoting is such an important tool that you have that you, you're constantly uh, evaluating that whether the team is set up for success. And the, the pivoting aspect is that you talk to engineers, you talk to, say, the, the different members in the team on, like, what they're working on and see whether they are achieving what they expected to they, that they wanted in the team, as well as whether the vision is getting translated as well, right? So if not, I think you should be ready to change your team in order to match both the outcomes as well, right? And the, the third is that, Having um, a view of the long term is is very critical, right? What I see is uh, individual contributors uh, might not have is that long term vision. Where is the team going forward in the next two years, right? If I ask this question to a lot of uh, the members in the team, like, what do you think would be the goal for the next three years? We might not have a good answer because it's harder to predict. It's harder to have that view and stuff, right? But I think managers should have that view. Managers should spend time on evaluating where this team will be, how we should take this team to that uh, three-year vision or five-year vision and stuff, right? And and kind of reverse engineer it and figure out for us to be there in three years. And even it could be influenced by market trends. It could be influenced by several factors, right? But having the three-year vision and then reverse engineering the, the milestones that you need to achieve will help you... Um, rephrase or like sorry uh restructure your team to achieve those milestones and stuff right so to to summarize it would be making sure that you always have the expertise to scale be comfortable with pivoting and three is having a view or having um, a thought process of uh, coming up with the milestones for your long-term vision thank you so much looking at number three the milestones at some point you need to scale your team and even team members from an IC role to become a manager. And they even have to envision what your vision is. Mm -hmm. The control will be less. You're having as, as direct impact and you have a middle layer, which you have to make sure that they understand your vision so they can transcend your vision to their ICs. What was that journey like for you? Yeah, yeah. So I've had a mix of uh, outcomes, I would say, right? Like there are folks who have uh, taken up roles to transform from IC to manager, even uh, within my team. There are folks who didn't enjoy it. And it comes to, uh, I would say, a few important characteristics that they can develop, right? One is that for me to scale someone from an IC to manager role, the number one thing I look for is trust. Can this person, uh, like what is the trust between the two of us? And can I completely provide an area that they can execute on and trust that they would deliver and stuff, right? And it takes time for you to develop that trust, for them to to kind of take get into that role and evolve that role to success and stuff, right? The the second is that 
I look for people who are comfortable working with others in the team. And it, while it's a subtle point, right? Like a lot of people enjoy like sitting in the table, just focusing on their work, getting things done and move on to the next day and stuff, right? They heads down execution, which I call like you get in uh, and then you start, especially for engineers, you get in, write code, test it and move on and stuff, right? But there are some people who really enjoy working with people. And this you can actually see in during meetings, right? Like, um, uh, how they represent themselves during meetings. Are they resolving conflicts? Are they bringing people together to uh, to a consensus, right? Are they kind of like unblocking uh, some things, not just for themselves, but for others as well, right? And so I look for someone who enjoys spending time with other people and helping others, which is an important characteristic to develop into a manager. And the, the third one is about writing. A lot of people struggle to put their thoughts into writing, into defining what uh, they what it is for uh, what they, that they're trying to say, right? If, if you look at it, like people will have ideas, people will have different um, thought process about like how to do X, how to do Y and so on, right? But you need to write it up. It's super important to write your thoughts, which reduces the chaos. It's, it brings more clarity in, in your execution. I, want, uh, I, I actually look for someone who can transform this high level uh, strategy or vision into what it means for the team, right? And when you can present it, you can write it up. I think that brings more clarity to the team and that reduces chaos. And like it brings uh, people ask questions. They're more comfortable asking questions in the documents than during um, meetings or like even challenging during meetings. So it, when you have write up, it reduces chaos. It brings alignment. It connects the dots between what the high level vision is to what the team has to do and stuff, right? Um, there are a few more, but I think these three are super important. Building trust, someone who's very comfortable with people, someone who can write things in a way that explains things in a simpler terms and stuff, right? And in my team, I've seen some people doing these uh, naturally and some people developing this as a skill and have taken up responsibilities to become manager. Uh, some folks have, have openly told me that, hey, I prefer just writing code, right? That's totally fine, right? Like they, it's, it's, it's okay for them to execute that way and scale in a different way. That's astonishing. There was so much in there. I feel even, even an overflow of information right now. And <laughs> I love the perspective that there's these three ways you're experiencing individuals to go forward with. It's, it seems very natural to them. Other develop skills that they nurture along the way and others decide, hey, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, I decide to do different things and to, to accept this way of, of their career. Mm -hmm. We moved along and defined what scaling means for you. We went on about the important topics of scaling, how you actually engage with stakeholders, with finance, and even the different steps of product design um, from starting with a big vision over into moving away from ideation rather into the testing mode and getting the data and then backing it up and then scaling from there. We even discussed your experience starting as the first individual and then scaling your team and then developing your own team and, and becoming a bigger and bigger organization. And even when I asked, hey, what do you do if you have to downsize your team and kind of team parts are moving into other teams? Uh, I love your answer that you're actually focusing on the bigger goal. And as long as these decisions 
are made in order to persist the bigger goal it's all right and i feel ah i lost a kind of part of personality in there and it, it was such a mature answer i really enjoyed what i was hearing so thank you very much to close out today's episode on scaling and scaling your team i would love to give you the stage to finish our episode and give it a final word so the stage is yours Sriram. Absolutely. Thanks, uh, Marvin. Um, I, I, I think um, every, everyone goes through a transition in their career and always look for, like, should I take up management or, or not? Should I continue in, as a digital contributor and stuff, right? I would encourage folks to, to observe more, to observe managers and leaders in their organization even more, right? And to even reach out, to ask for, like, a meeting, and uh, understand how they're executing and, and figure out what their day-to-day -day work is and stuff, right? By just doing that, you get a flavor of what you're signing up for. And I would actually encourage folks to try out in a smaller setting. Like we talked about ideation and experimentation, right? You can take uh, whether management is right for you as an idea and experiment it. Like mentor a couple of engineers, mentor interns, and just go through that process of like what it takes to work with people or like help them out and stuff, right? That actually helps you under identifying your strengths and weaknesses. And at the end of the day, you should enjoy doing this role. You should be like super happy coming to work and helping uh, others, unblocking folks and stuff, right? There is a lot to management. And, and I think I, I would encourage folks to look for, say, if you're looking to take up management role, to look for it and opportunities where you go through this zero to one phase and one to 10 or scale phase, right? You learn a lot in going through the zero to one phase. It's more like working in a startup, but even if you're in a large org, if you are into a new team where you're building from scratch, that experience is going to give you a lot that you can, it's it's a reuse, reusable skill. You build a reusable skill uh, that you can take for life and stuff, right? Like I would say, just go for it. Try it out, and if you think that's the right thing for you to do, just just give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Sriram, for joining today. Thank you, Marvin. It was great talking to you. I uh, really enjoyed this. Thank you for listening to the New Tech Lead podcast. This interview was presented to you by Marvin and the New Tech Lead production team. Special thanks to our guest and interview partner. Follow us for more podcasts. Check us out on LinkedIn or visit our website, newtechlead.com. Happy learning and leading. Cheers.